Okay, test it again. Testes. Testel. Two testicles. <laughs> One, two. Count them. <laughs> Everybody, this is Daniel. Oh, and this is Daniel. <laughs> and this is Carla. We are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. So you heard about the guy that worked at the Tickle Me Elmo factory. <laughs> His job was to give him two testicles. <laughs> <laughs> he worked in quality control. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> What's the Tickle Me Elmo South Park one? Emo Elmo. No, no, it's um, it's uncom it's uncomfortable. Tickle me, Elmo. I can't stop touching me, Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> stop touching me, Elmo. Can Elmo smell your genitals? <laughs> <laughs> Ew, it's gross. the Red Wedding episode. Yeah. Oh no. Where Beyonce and Tom Hanks are getting married. <laughs> oh, everybody loves them. <laughs> we had our anniversary. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I could have announced it on the last one, then someone could have sent us presents. Yes. Like who? I don't know. If anyone <laughs> just wanted to send us a gift. No one's going to beat my gift. What was your gift? The Taint Tickler. Ugh, we went out to dinner. That was nice. You did? Where'd you go? Stone Creek. You got stoned at Stone Creek? Yeah. But, okay. So the kid knows that she has to miss out on things. Like, she's kind of understanding of some of that. Like she doesn't want to miss out on anything. But she understands she doesn't do the podcast with us. And so when we get back, she wants to know, like, what do you have for dinner? Like, tell me about it. <laughs> she goes, she goes, tell me about it. And I was like, well, um, I had crab cakes. And she goes... Was there icing on it? <laughs> well, she had asked me before I was out here sitting with her, and she asked me, what'd you eat? Yeah. Pork chop. What'd that look like? <laughs> she has to know. She's well, like, why did you, didn't you take a picture for her? Yeah. Where's the Insta of your dinner? And when she said the crab cake thing, she asked me that to have icing on it. I'm like, the fuck do you mean to have icing on it? <laughs> and it's like. Oh, uh, it is confusing. You called it a crab cake. Yeah. Well, and then you walked in and said it. I'm like, oh. Boris. Boris, come on. So now the four-year-old's more clever than I am. She might be. Not hard to do. <laughs> and then the next night, that, or then Daniel had a dream that night that I left him. So he was like, you know, like you, I had a dream. And I think everyone in relationships has those dreams. And then I counter with, I had a dream that gremlins stole our exercise equipment to frame us for murder. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Oh. Okay. I had you this... couldn't have just said that part without saying mine. <laughs> yes, I could have. Like, there's things in life I intentionally don't tell you because I don't want them repeated to anybody. Say, I don't want, don't repeat It's just this. a dream. Just a dream, yeah. But a dream is a wish your heart makes. A wish your heart Yeah, maybe. Hey. <laughs> so if you're, if you're out there and you think, hey. I'm not sure what percentage of our listenership is female. Probably a large group. Mm -hmm. Women's like the well, true I time. had a dream that I was in a gift store with mom and this was like a never ending dream that I couldn't <sighs> find the sweater that I wanted, but she found the one she wanted. So I was very irritated. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. The never ending dream. She goes, you always paint me as a bad guy in your dream. <laughs> she said yeah, <laughs> like you do it on purpose. <laughs> you knowingly. I was like, I don't know. Like, Sorry, you're just the authority figure. <laughs> oh man, mom, Carl, you do anything else? Not really. Your dog sitting. It's not worthy of anything. Not worthy. Of we have dogs worth that need sitting. I'll sit on your dog. Sure, why not? You don't like it. Yeah, uh, he he'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. I also know a couple of racehorses too that would like to get on on the action. No, no, it's fall coming up, doing fall stuff, going to 
an apple orchard. We're going to apple orchards, pumpkin patches. Doing spooky stuff. Remember the one that has this t- slide that's like ton is a tunnel? Mm-hmm. It's is that down in Brown County? Trafalgar. Raglefart. Raglefart. Yeah, I've listened to people that like are calling me. They wanted money from me because it was someone's, my phone number was someone else's number. James Gillian. That was because they always is like, is James there? That. Yeah. And I was like, no, he is not here and he will never be here. And they're like, don't you live in Trigalfer? And I was like, Trafalgar. And no, no, I don't. <laughs> yep. So I salute you, James Gillian. You got away with something because they never got your money. I think it was an attorney office, too. Wow. Yeah. So he was smart. Change your number. How did you get him to stop calling you? I don't know. I think they just finally did. They gave up. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, and I don't know. They're calling thinking I'm his wife or his girlfriend covering for him. And I was like, how can I prove to you that I don't know this man? <laughs> <laughs> it was all the time. Yeah. Was that when I was going to Ivy Tech? I feel like, I don't know. They don't... didn't believe you. No. Like, I was harboring a criminal, aiding and abetting. I was like, listen. I'm not helping you solve this crime. I've got other things to do. Talk about this crime. You should have said, uh, did he commit murder? No? Okay, I don't okay. give a fuck. <laughs> Is there a warrant out for his arrest? And they're like, no, they probably just wanted money from him. Yeah. Oh, man, I should have got more information. <sighs> you should have said, yeah, you just need to just confirm his social security number to me. Birthday, <laughs> middle initial. Okay. Anything else? Um, we celebrated Taco Tuesday on Wednesday. Taco Tuesday! (laughs) We live life on the edge, man. No rules. Chaos. You know LeBron James actually tried to get Taco Tuesday um, copyrighted? No. Oh, Lord. Who has time for that? They turned it down because they're like, yeah, you're not the first person to try it. <laughs> you're <laughs> that not phrase. the first person. People like tacos and they like Tuesdays, so we can't let you trademark those two together. <laughs> and no one can, I don't think anyone can prove who coined the phrase. No. no. I'm pretty sure didn't Paris Hilton try to get That's Hot? Yes. What's another one? Judge, not judge, or you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Like, that was one of them. I mean, that could, isn't there a Judge Judy saying too? I don't know. I can't think of anything that she says. Like she says, know. "Fuck you." Oh no! But someone wanted they Judge Judy's people wanted Dad to be on Judge Judy. He they did. Mm-hmm. I remember he that. kept that letter like pinned to the wall, like it was an award. <laughs> 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 he didn't go, guys, or we would have played the audio already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he was suing someone over money, like falsely provided a program or something this was years ago yeah but and i don't there was something bizarre about it enough that they got judge judy i would ask him to talk about it like but he can't go from like it's so long ago it should be funny to you now it's still not funny no so it won't come off funny <laughs> it never will be <laughs> and never, like can't it just be it's judge judy can't it be funny by now no nope they kept that letter tacked up though as you walked into the garage that bulletin board right there I remember it. Or behind his desk. Like, uh, At least he got that out of it. Yep. A decline. He said, nope, ladies, not doing Judge Judy. Ladies? Mm-hmm. I guess he was talking to you. I guess. I don't sister. know. <laughs> I don't know. And your mama, too. Yeah, they'd have to fly him out somewhere, too. Yeah, he's told me about it before. Yeah. I'll try to find the letter. And, like, if you lose <laughs> your claim, they pay whatever the judge decides. It's a strange thing. But in case you didn't notice, it's usually just a small amount. Mm-hmm. Or it's, never, it's like you know. hit my car claim. Yeah. Oh, man, that's too bad. I don't know if there's any connection here. Just let it go. Yeah, probably not anything. Just, just get it going. Okay, this is all from Indianapolis Monthly. All of it, except for the very end, which is the Indie Star. The author... There's an author to this article. The author mm-hmm. is Wick, Mr. Wick Epedia. <laughs> <laughs> He's a professor at law. <laughs> I call him Wick. For short. No, this is by Michael Rubino, 2015 is when this is from. I think there was also one he wrote in 2012, and this might have been the update article. Because it is a story and a half. So wait, what's the guy's real name? Because Michael Rubino okay. is the author. 
The title of his article is... How to Milk Your Prostate. <laughs> Chapter one. <laughs> it has to be Morgan Freeman reading it. <laughs> Douglas had the poop. <laughs> <laughs> and poop came out his wiener in a long, thin strip. Oh, it was wiener poop, which is the grossest poop of all. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Douglas had the poop. His butt was all stinky because he had the poop. What is this? It's from South Park. Oh my but God. Butters writes a book called The Poop That Took a Pee. <laughs> Chapter one. Because they read, they read The Catcher in the Rye. Kill so John they think, Lennon. They think all they have to do is just write a really gross book. And they can put anything in there they want. <laughs> well, they're afraid they'll get in trouble because of stuff in it. So they tell Butters that they're just going to put it in his name. So, But then the book ends up becoming popular. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Now that we haven't got started at all. This is called Granddad. It's good. it's good shit. I like it a lot. I need it. This is called Granddad Gone Bad. Which is clever. I would put that as the title of this episode, but I think I have to think of something else. Oh, I went to a concert on Thursday, and this guy, he literally, one of his songs was, like, kind of proclaiming all these things he wished didn't happen, but the last one, and he wished most of all, was that grandpas didn't die, and I was, like, getting really emotional. Uh, And you're like, thanks. I was like, Yeah, but I would much rather have my grandmother... Oh yeah, your grandpa. So your grandpa. Fuck your song. Yeah, like, but you always say she was grandparent enough for both of them. You should have been. You would have been there. You would have been like, "What about grandmas? Grandmas." Was it? A, was it supposed to be a funny song? No, it was very sad. And you're like, "Why am I here listening to this?" It was sad. It was a country guy, so <sighs> it was everywhere. All right, Chris Carlson has been over it and over it, and he's still not sure what went wrong that day on the Bright Angel Trail. Is he sorry for what he did to his grandsons? Like he tried to explain to the guys at the Florence Correctional Center in Arizona, all of that was completely blown out of proportion by the prosecution and the media. So does Chris really regret what had gone on during that hike? Does he? When they got around to tackling the Grand Canyon in August of 2011, Chris, then 45, and his three oldest grandchildren, 45 with three oldest grandchildren, yeah, then 12, 9, and 8. Jesus. They were practically experts, having spent the summer hiking in nearly half a dozen countries and a good chunk of the western United States. Okay, the boys might have been a little soft and chubby out of shape when they left Indianapolis at the start of the summer. But by the end, they were all in very good condition. Chris admits he would sometimes try to be the boy's buddy. And buddies, when they're working out and they're pushing each other, they curse and call each other bad names. (laughs) And they give each other a hard time, you know. He says, I'm not your buddy friend. I'm not your guy friend. Plus, the kids aren't angels. They've even told their grandmother to fuck off. Oh, (laughs) grandmothers, man. The being a grandfather at 45 is starting to make a lot more sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They had plenty of food and water that day. It was more than 100 degrees outside. As it turns out, food is only healthy food. And it is an obsession for Chris. You don't get to be a shredded six foot two, 200 pound and look at least a decade younger than you actually are by eating junk. He looks at least 15 years younger. Like he looks 35. <laughs> and it's weird. Yeah, it's weird to look at him. Like, I just eat you- potato chips with queso. So <laughs> I like my chips in dip, damn it. <laughs> Hey, man, me and the kids stop to get donuts now and then, he says. I doubt that. But he likes to stick to fish and only see fish, which I didn't. I guess not farm grown fish. Well, like freshwater. Yeah. I don't eat shrimp or the oysters or the lobsters. Basically anything that's a bottom feeder or a pollutant cleaner. Excuse me, lobster is a delicacy. Excuse me, sir. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He's also big on to herbs. Horsetail root, burdock root, ginseng. Did I tell you about the story about Lee Chin Yun, he says? This is the guy that sues to say that the state is not providing him with an adequate diet. Oh, in the prison system? Yes. Oh, my God. Did I tell you the story about Lee Chin Yun, he says? Lived to be 250 years old. Had 168 children. Chinese. Look it up. I probably won't. If Chris had his way, it would have been titled the 
Marathon Summer of Educational Fun and Adventure. <laughs> that sounds awful. I've had one of those. And maybe it did start off as such, but it certainly didn't end there. What, you went to summer school? Who, me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just saying I had an educational fun... Adventure? Adventure. <laughs> oh, okay. I did, too. I, I mean, we went on summer field studies. That's what this kept reminding me of. It was summer field studies. Actually, where well, did, did you go to Green King? No, I, I went, went to, to the Green King. That's what I was going to ask you during this. Yeah, it was an awesome experience. I only did the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, well, we did that too. Mm-hmm. So you went twice? No, we went one week in the Grand Canyon and one week in Durango National Forest. Okay. Whenever anyone says the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. I always think of Beavis and Butthead to America, <laughs> where they go and they're trying to find the donkeys, and one of the, or one of the donkeys is standing there taking a shit on the ground, and he goes, hey, look. The poop is coming out of the ass of the ass. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. When Tara Danaher, 29, said goodbye to her three oldest children on August 9th, 2011, she wasn't concerned. The boys were setting off with her father. She's 29. He's 45. What? Mm-hmm. Well, hold on. Math. 16. I think oh, God. 15, 16, 16 yeah. 16, yeah. He's oh. a smart one. He can do math in his head. I don't. Chris Carlson, on the third and final leg of a summer-long series of vacations that crisscrossed Mexico and parts of Central America, then Jamaica, and now the western United States. After each of the previous trips, supposedly funded by savings and his on-again, off-again, nine-dollar-an-hour job as an unskilled laborer, Chris had returned the boys with wild stories, but no scratches. Chapter (laughs) 2. Chapter 2. Tara's dad might not have been perfect, but he had always been supportive of her, she says, and she considered him a prominent male role model in the lives of her and her five children. I'm very protective of my kids, Tara says. I don't even let them see their father, which I don't know what the dad did wrong, (laughs) but okay. That doesn't sound overprotective. That just sounds bitchy. On June 4th, Chris flew the grandsons and three of his own similar, similar, I can't say that word. Similar? Lee. Similarly. <laughs> Similarly. <laughs> <laughs> age children, then 12, 8, and 7. Six kids in all, like all under the age of 13, from Indianapolis to Cancun. When they landed, they rented a van and headed south with just enough Spanish to get by. For the next three weeks, Chris and the children drove down the eastern coast of Mexico and listened to untamed radio, stopped at little markets, ate on the side of the road, and sometimes at night slept in the van. Sounds like a little sketchy, but yeah, I was like, "Well, you have a coworker that'll rent a van to drive across Mexico." Yeah, but that's only like that's only like an hour or two drive. Yeah, I still wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't either. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty sketchy. Yep. When they were near the sea, he would buy 50 to 100 pounds of fish, cook the fish until it was dry, and put the provisions on ice in a large cooler where the food would last for a week. He had learned the trick on one of his many visits to Jamaica. So it's a van van full of people that smells like fish. From Mexico, they crossed into Belize and then Guatemala and climbed the ancient Mayan temples and then the moss-covered ruins of Tikal. Then it was on to Cayolita, Honduras, and back through Mexico. Where they saw the Pacific beaches of Acapulco. Acapulco. Acapulco Joe's? Yep. <laughs> you ever eaten there? Uh, I don't know. Chris took the group on short walkabouts, two or three miles at first and gradually longer ones. Nothing out of the ordinary aside from a shirtless white man traveling on the cheap, hiking in regions deemed dangerous for U.S. citizens. Jesus Christ. By the State Department, alone with six children of <gasps> various races. That so doesn't look sketchy at all. No, oh it does. It's like this... something. I don't know, but the kids all say they have a great time, so it's like, are you sure you Because they don't know the imminent danger they're in. I know. Like, you have to pay people. <coughs> Bless me. <laughs> Father Verizon. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast. It's bad. It's bad. The group flew home via Mexico City on June 25th. Chris laid over at his Indianapolis home for about three weeks before jetting off to Jamaica on July 15th with the six children and a buddy. There they stayed with old friends and visited the beach towns. They went to Montego Bay and attended a reggae festival. He and the kids swam and fished for bonito. I bet, I bet not a single one of them smoked a joint. No. <laughs> we might get there. Oh, okay. Bonito, barracuda, kingfish, mahi-mahi, and tuna. I mean, and, this all sounds banging. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, if they were a little bit older, I feel like. But that's pretty young. I don't know. This vacation sounds cool, but sketchy as hell. Yeah. Are any of them Mexico under 18? Part. 
All of them are. Then they're all too young. Yeah, they're all under 13. (laughs) And as they had in Mexico and Central America, they hiked. By the end of the Jamaican trip, Chris's litter of children had logged well more than 100 miles on various treks. So they're doing some serious hiking. Wow. Like, in even in the the first day we got to the Rocky Mountains, we get off that fucking, like, van. And they're like, okay, put your hiking shoes on and your jacket, which the jacket is over there. And th- we hiked. Like, we went on a hike. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like, there was snow. But you weren't cold, but you would get hot, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it's this weird in-between. I was like, wait a minute. No one warned me we'd be hiking, like, right away. <laughs> I found well, you pictures. needed more time to prepare. <laughs> yeah, I did. I need to read You only had, like, 30 hours in the car. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. We had a bunch of girls in the van. Same. Yeah. We had a good time, and Mr. was my van driver. Yeah, I was going to say, we had three guys as our group leaders, and it was a bunch of girls in the van. Nothing happened. It was fine. Before the party returned to Indianapolis, Chris readied his five-year-old son for the start of a school year in Robbins Bay, Jamaica. He is leaving his five-year-old behind in Jamaica to attend school. (laughs) Who wouldn't? The American-born son was living with friends. He felt that it was a nice place for a child to grow up. Okay. The father and they said goodbye, and Chris returned with the remaining children to Indiana on July 31st, safe and sound. Where did he live? I don't know with Who his was friend. he with? I don't know his buddies or something. I don't know if he had lived there for a while. It makes it sound like on this trip, I'm dropping one of my kids off because Jamaican sounds like a cool place to grow up, which it probably is fun to grow up there. But it's the idea of that your dad is just dropping off you off as a five-year-old. There has to be more to that. Oh, yeah. Chapter three. <laughs> as the summer faded, Chris made preparations for the trip west. He had a white... 2000 Ford Ecoline. Ford Bronco. Ford Ecoline <laughs> cargo van. He had a fucking cargo van, which had he had converted into a makeshift RV. He looked at the final leg, Disneyland, the Hoover Dam, and the Grand Canyon. I fuck with all of those yeah, things. I got a question. Is this a goddamn? Goddamn. Also from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Um, as an opportunity to spend time with his grandsons. The boy's father hadn't seen the children in three years. This was a chance, he thought, to install a little discipline and prove to them that their 45-year-old grandpa was hardly an old man. Chris called it a man-up trip. A boy's trip. A time to be macho. A toxic masculinity trip. You guys don't behave, you're going to end up like your your brother down there in Jamaica. I'll drop your ass off. <laughs> On August 9th, 2011, Chris made, came to pick up the trio. Tara watched as the doors closed on the vehicle and he pulled away. What could go wrong? So I wouldn't, I mean. What could possibly go? He's already taken him fucking all over the country and other countries. I mean, it's kind of like, cool. Like, yeah, it is. It's something you would look back on as an adult to be like, I can't believe we got to do that. And or I would, can't believe I didn't care when we were doing it. Yeah, you I know? didn't realize how unsafe it was. But it seems like something that would have happened in the 80s, the 70s or 80s. Like yeah. when people didn't realize and there was lead paint and no seat belts and. Or, and no, the, yeah, no, no, uh, like car seat. Yeah, or, people smoked everywhere and there was no psychiatric medication. So everyone was just fucked to begin with and it didn't matter. <laughs> so that's what this trip feels like. It would have been cool to say, oh, yeah, in the 80s, my grandpa just took us all over the world. Like, you know, we weren't sure how he paid I for it. I didn't give two fucks when I was looking at those Mayan ruins, mm-hmm. but damn, wish Here I, I could go back now. Damn, Ricky. <laughs> uh, the Grand Canyon's Bright Angel Trail is a deceiving one. On its path to the Colorado River at the bottom of the canyon, especially near the trailhead on the south rim, it's common to see ill-prepared visitors with little water trotting headlong down the dusty four to six foot wide path, flecked with mule dung. (laughs) And it would blow about. A blow about? Oh, And it would blow about. Oh, yeah. It whiffed it. Yeah. So did you hike into the Grand Canyon? Yeah. How was that for you? Um, Sounds kind of shitty. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was fun going down. Not fun coming back not up? Com- not fun coming back up. Mm-hmm. So captivated by the beauty of the changing rock formations and the vastness of the breathtaking void, some inexperienced hikers never looked back to see just how far and how deep the trail, once a Native American footpath, has carried them. So you just keep going. You're like, I don't know. We'll just go until we decide to turn around. And then all of a sudden, you're way too far in. But during the summer, when temperatures in the canyon often soared above 100 degrees, the south rim to Colorado River route is 9.5 miles, 4,380-foot vertical dip into a boiling cauldron. Sounds like minutes of fun. 
Once you get to the bottom, getting back out requires retracing your steps along the same 9.5 mile route uphill, as Carla previously stated. Uphill. And climbing from 2,480 feet above sea level to 6,860 feet at the trailhead adds, in effect, an additional 8.8 miles to the trek. Backpackers Magazine called Bright Angel one of America's most dangerous hikes. Damn. Which one did you take? Do you know your trails? Um, we did, um, we hiked to Skeleton Point or Skeleton Key or something like she that. She's making that shit up. Mm-hmm, I believe her. No. I, like, <laughs> remembered it because it was really cool. Yeah. And we could see the river at the bottom when you got to, like, the point that we got to. Yeah. And then we did another one. We did, like, a Hot Springs trail. But, like, I, I personally picked trails that were not 10 plus miles. Yeah. I think, oh, our trails are, like... We had an option. Did you guys, at one time, did you separate into smaller groups with, like, your shit on your back and you get to, like, they, you get to pick a trail. Yeah, like, so and that's they what would we put did. Elevation versus distance. I picked one that was, might have been the longest, but it was certainly the flattest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, I mean, that's what we ended up doing. So, like, I would pick trails that were, like, six miles total mm-hmm. and not six miles there, six miles back. Yeah, because it looks like, oh, it's only, you know, a half mile trail. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like half mile up. And then, you know, yeah. it's like bad. It's, it turns out being longer. So that, I remember that going, what's the flattest one? Pick pick that one. It was with <laughs> Libby, too. I was like, pick the pick the flattest one, everyone. <laughs> and I remember, I remember this part. Just, 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 it just fucking flat. I was like, it's like being in Indiana, guys. It's just flat. <laughs> why would you pick that? <laughs> I don't know. I know. Like, and then you get into the You're, wooded why area. Why are you asking her why would she pick that one? Like, you know why she would pick that one. <laughs> and oh, my then, gosh. We made camp, and then a park ranger came by and was like, oh, yeah, you're in the wrong spot. And they wanted us to move, like, 20 feet. We had to pe- pack everything up and move 20 feet to the, like, right. I was like, you motherfucker. Like, seriously? <laughs> I was like, no. no, no, no. Well, I didn't do the Cross Canyon hike. Mm-hmm. Is, so there was an option to do yeah, something like Yeah, it says like 24 this. miles long. Oh, my God. That's what this ends up be- being. It's insane. Yeah, so you had to go to school like a week before the trip and prove that you could run a mile in a certain amount of time yeah so like the in certain amount of weather too brought like hot weather i mean yeah. oh, in order for them to let you do the yeah so i just was like fuck this i'm mm-hmm. not going you know what i did that day that day i took a shower that day i did laundry that day i went to the gift shop <laughs> and you're like oh this is fun i had a great ass <laughs> time i remember doing a lot we need to find you need to find some pictures of your trip in the grand canyon i we just stumbled on some of mine and then my Snoopy shirt. <laughs> this that I still have. Yep. Okay. And I even noticed the shirt. Like, is that your Snoopy shirt? <laughs> <laughs> that is. And I was like, yes. That's funny. <laughs> In 2010, emergency personnel at Grand Canyon National Park handled 286 search and rescue missions. Three-fourths of the incidents occurred on that trail. So it's like a big deal and everyone knows all the rangers know when you see people hiking on it like do you do you know what you're doing do you belong here like they're really aware of it because otherwise they got to get everyone together and come save your ass and they don't want to have to do that right right on august 15 2011 at about 5 p.m park ranger elizabeth it's hard it's hard you didn't even try a name. You just made a sound. Vows. There's a lot of vows. Speak. Speak. It's A U R N O U. Arner. She's still just making noises. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. Arno. Arno. Yeah. That's I don't know. I just Arno. Arno. I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. Mrs. Park Ranger, madam. Uh, instead of your name i made a sound <laughs> i hate it last names i change you know when you're reading articles everything they list the last names i go through and retype every single time they put in a last name and put in their first name it's just easier to understand for everyone and involved said, <laughs> at the scene ranger <laughs> <laughs> but i can say Okay, she was... God, could you imagine you trying to read a teleprompter for the live news? (laughs) It would be fucking funny. Breaking news. (laughs) Park Ranger Elizabeth... Seen in Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) Louisville? (laughs) 
God. Well, folks, that's the first time we've ever actually fired somebody <laughs> live recording. <laughs> okay, I'm crying. I'm crying. Okay. She was accepted to no less than four major state universities. One wasn't a major one. <laughs> okay. Uh, she was patrolling the area when she encountered three boys and a man in rubber boots resting in Indian Garden, a shaded picnic area with a drinking fountain about 4.5 miles from Bright Angel Trailhead. The shirtless boys slumped on benches appeared overheated, including their side excursion to Plateau Point. A sight off the main path. The four had already hiked 7.5 miles on a day when high temp when temperatures reached over 100 degrees. So they're about to do this Bright Angel Trail. They've already hiked 7.5 miles previously. Elizabeth approached Chris Carlson and asked how his group was doing. He said, they're fine, but she remained troubled and showed the children how to cool off in the fountain. The boys are fine, Chris said. They don't need to get wet. <laughs> Elizabeth- Why? It's not like it wouldn't evaporate in five seconds. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth offered the boys food, which he declined. Offered her food. <laughs> and he said, Mrs. Don't be feeding my children. The ranger asked him about his hiking plans for the evening. He told her that he wanted... Making too much noise as you've hurt your throat. I know. Yep. <laughs> yep. He told her that he wanted to hike another 4.5 miles to the Colorado River and back to the South Rim. In all, close to 14 more miles. It was too late, and the distance too long, she countered. The boys looked too exhausted for such a hike. When Chris walked off to check on one of the boys who'd gone to the restroom, Elizabeth tried to offer the others, like, a snack. But the children told her that their grandfather didn't allow them to eat anything but healthy food. Chris returned from the restroom and explained to her that the group needed to get going in order to reach the river. So I'm guessing you can't... Can you camp down by the river? As long in as you a have van. a van. Yeah, <laughs> down by the river. <laughs> So it's like people, if you hike down, you better be coming the fuck back up the same day. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really sound like anyone should be going down there fucking period. Yeah. Let alone with like four kids under 13. You know who this is? This is a better put together Mark Leonard. Yes. But I'm right. You should look up his picture. You'll be shocked. Carla. Maybe sometime. That's your job. (laughs) And then you need to bring it over here. I don't remember his name. Chris. Carlson. Chris Christofferson? Chris Got Carlson. It. With a K or a no, C? C's. Hey, Surrey. So C-H? Show me what Special Agent <laughs> looks like. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Okay. I found this on the web for what Special Agent or looks like. Oh. Check it out. <laughs> it would have shown me a picture of Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Images. I mean, yeah, he's fit. Yeah, he looks. He's supposed to be forty-five there, and there, he yeah. does look ten years younger. Yeah, he's foot. Yeah. Wow, he's forty-five. Yep, yeah, in that picture. Man, I I'm am. gonna stop eating junk after tonight. <laughs> after tonight, because you bought a thing of moose tracks, and it will not. It fell into my cart. Someone it opened will the, not re- survive the, the, re- night. the freezer section, and it fell in. And I said, "Well, it's a sign from God that I must eat these <laughs> moose tracks." Well, if. If God is speaking to you, Danielle, I through want you ice to cream. Yeah, yep. I don't, I don't <laughs> yep. care. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Yes, Amen. I want you to get diabetes. Amen. Supplies. <laughs> okay. Order, according to Elizabeth's account, Chris Carlson then approached her aggressively, and she moved back, concerned he would assault her. She noted that he displayed an unusual amount of energy and had a strange look in his eyes. It seemed to her that Chris was either mentally unstable. Or on drugs. It or was both. Yes. The crack can. <laughs> they go hand in hand. I'm assuming it was uh, steroids. The ranger. Not the can. The ranger informed him that she wasn't allowing the group to hike to the river and back to the rim. This doesn't seem like the man that would have had unprotected sex at 16. <laughs> I just don't believe it. It gets worse. And if he defied her, it would constitute as child endangerment. Elizabeth gave him two choices, make camp for the night or return to the trailhead. So, and I mean, park rangers have some serious authority, don't they? Yes. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with them. Yeah, like, why would you want to be confrontational with one? That's why when that one came. You will, yeah, you will not win against a park ranger. That's when one came and told us to move our camp 20 feet to the right, we go. Okay. Okay, sir. (laughs) Well, that's like if you're in uh, Denver, if you're in a, uh, if you're in a park, um, since 
marijuana is not federally legal. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. cannot smoke on federal land. Interesting. Right. If she was truly intimidated by anything, it was my physical appearance. <laughs> Says Chris. All right, dick. Yeah, you look yeah. like an asshole. I mean, she's got a gun, mace, and five rangers at her disposal. She wasn't intimidated. He complained to Elizabeth about the park entry fee and explained that he and the boys had driven all the way from Indiana. But she stood firm, and Chris and the boys eventually headed back up the trail. He had been to the Grand Canyon on numerous occasions, but had never made it to the Colorado River. He had hoped this would be the time. It was like we were waiting in line for a ride that got closed at the amusement park, says Chris. I was upset, but I wasn't pissed off. I was disappointed. We went white water wibble rafting. White water wibble rafting. Yeah. What river was that? Colorado? The White River. Would have been the co- in the in the Rocky Mountains? Rocky Mountains. I don't know what river flows around don't there. look at me. We went on that too, but I had already been on the New Ngoli River, and it was much more intense. So yeah, I was it like wasn't, a pro. It was fun. One kid fell over, and I was tasked with bringing him back up. So you got to dunk him. It didn't you like to get momentum to grab him by the life jacket, push him down to pull him back up. I just dunked him several times because I wasn't <laughs> strong enough. I was like, this, yeah, stop, stop. I was like, it's gonna work the fourth time. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can picture it. Yeah, <laughs> and they had like body, like it's cold water, so they had like life. Suits are like yeah, like a thermal on it. On it was the "Thou shall not steal." Yes, I would did the same thing. No, she didn't. <laughs> she did steal it. She stole pillows from hotel rooms. <laughs> She's like, ridiculous. Yeah, it was great. Oh, it wasn't that her thing? Yeah, like she always steal. <laughs> at parties she would just yeah. steal little things. Isn't that her thing? <laughs> thing. Oh, man. Is that a form of kleptomania? Maybe. It only happened at people's houses if she was a little drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that her, like, thing? (laughs) It's her trademark. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you said, like, I think I remember you saying that she would do that frequently. (laughs) Okay. He and the children slept in a hotel that night and put the Grand Canyon in their rearview mirror for the next 12 days. They toured Hoover Dam and went on to Las Vegas where they hit a Chris Angel show and rode the Stratosphere. You read the Stratosphere? Uh, no. But I'm going back soon. <laughs> to Chris, Chris Angel, Angel show. <laughs> <laughs> hey. He's- I would put money. Okay. I will put money that he wore a pair of embroidered jeans and an affliction shirt to go see Chris Angel. Sure, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the old, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then they drove to California visiting Los Angeles and Disneyland. So they got to go to Disneyland. Hell yeah. Definitely. Chris and the children stayed with friends in Santa Cruz for several days and then pushed north and explored Redwood National Park. They hiked and everything went smoothly, but Chris Carlson couldn't get the Colorado River off his mind. Oh so God. he and his grandsons returned to the Grand Canyon and on August 28th, they gave the Bright Angel Trail another shot. So I don't know if this is the only fucking trail that leads to the Colorado River. I'm going to go with a no. And, or it's just the most difficult one. So it's like, I'm going to get a high off of conquering this trail, even if it kills me. What chapter are we on? Chapter four. He was, chapter five. Uh, chapter he was inspired by Mind Freak. What that? What's that? That's Chris Angel's show. Oh, well, oh. I you never watched that. that. I mean, I can picture him, but no. <laughs> to avoid any problems, Chris and the children started their second Grand Canyon hike earlier in the day. Than they had on the 15th. But once again, he drew the attention of a park official in the Indian Gardens area. Park he official. <laughs> no, this is a different one. Wait, wait, wait. Smith. It is. It is Smith. Is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She, they did it for... No, wait. This one isn't Smith, but there is a Smith one. Oh, my God. This one. Okay. Ranger Erica Anderson. So, thank you, Erica, for... Having a nice last name that I can pronounce. She thought the boys looked exhausted, but when she approached the children, Chris wouldn't let her speak with him. And I was like, that's just like red flag central. Like, the rangers aren't stupid people. Erica noted Chris's energy level in his eyes and reported that she was intimidated and worried about the children's safety. Though she carried a sidearm and a taser, Erica backed off. She felt confronting him was dangerous and knew that if she requested backup, help wouldn't arrive for 45 minutes at the soonest. She decided to let Chris and the group proceed up the trail toward the south rim. 
where law enforcement rangers could confront him in a more controlled environment. So she knows it's not safe for me to, like, you've got three kids and one crazy dude and just me with my gun and taser. And it's like, so if I confront him. Yeah, she's like, I wasn't going to shoot him. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't want the kids to witness me shooting their grandpa that looks 35. And for, yeah, for a guy like that, tasing him is probably not going to do a whole lot. Yeah, and she probably thought he could be on meth or whatever, something, a roid rage, chew your face off. Not worth it. Shoot or chew your face off. Both. Who knows? You say it wasn't bath salts. It could have been. <laughs> they don't know. I might not have been enough of a gentleman, or maybe my social skills were off, Chris says. I was on the move and in the groove and trying to stay focused. I've got children. They're like little puppies. And when you've got them and no one else has got them, everyone wants to stop and talk. I was like, no, but it is hard to talk and hike. That is true. Um, not long after the Grand Canyon Regional Communication Center received a call from an, an emergency phone at the Three Mile Rest House, the caller reported seeing a group whose description matched Chris's. The children appeared to be hyperventilating, and one of them asked for help. However, a storm would prevent any kind of rescue by helicopter, and by that point, rangers had determined the safest course of action was to confront Chris at the rim. So one of the boys asked passerbys to call 911, like he asked for help as they're doing this hike. Here we go. Megan Smith. <laughs> a preventative search and rescue ranger stationed just up the trail from Carlson's group was asked to provide a welfare check on the boys. Chris was unaware of Megan's presence, allowing the ranger to eavesdrop. Keep this pace. Do you hear me? She heard Chris say, if you hike any slower, I will make you hike twice as fast. Do you understand? When Chris and the oldest boy spotted the ranger, he stopped talking. Hello, said Ranger Smith. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Chris didn't stop. We're fine, he said. Glad it's cloudy. When Chris disappeared, she called the search and rescue desk to report her concern for the children. So all these rangers are aware that something is wrong and they're trying to intervene as best as they can. Like, he won't stop hiking and we can't get a helicopter in. This is why next time you just scar the children and let them see their grandpa get shot. (laughs) Although then this is... And then one of them goes to write a song about mm-hmm. they would just wish grandpa would have survived. <laughs> See? Yep. There's there the connection. Yeah. <laughs> Chris thinks that he made if he made any kind of mistake, it happened after the three mile rest house. For a mile and a half after the stop, I really kind of pushed them, he says. There was stuff that went a little bit wrong. It never got out of hand in my eyes, but I should have realized where I was, controlled my temper, and realized how I was being perceived. Not doesn't sound like taking responsibility. No. Chapter six. Law enforcement ranger Rick Blair was positioned up on the Rick south. Rick Flair? Blair. That's what I heard too. With either way. Where he could see parts of the trail with binoculars. He spotted Chris about three fourths of a mile from the top, hiking at a brisk pace. He watched as Chris whipped his oldest grandson, pushed him, and smacked him on the head as they emerged from the section of Bright Angel known as Heartbreak Hill. He was just trying to man- get them to man up. Yeah. Ranger Smith saw one of the boys stumble several times and take missteps near the edge of the trail. The boy tripped again and Smith heard Chris say, if you don't keep going, I'll let you fall over the edge and die. Of course, he didn't really mean No, he meant it in the figurative die, you know. He claims he had sped up because the storm was approaching. The boys needed to use the bathroom and he and the children were down room from another group of hikers that were smoking cigarettes. <gasps> that's where that's in the fucking Grand Canyon. Yeah. And so they had to be down when and had to get away. As for striking his oldest grandson on the head, Chris calls those McFly smacks. Huh? As in the movie Back to the Future. Hello, McFly. It's <laughs> a good trademark. Name. Yep. Plus, he says the children were alternately whining about the hike and horsing around. Someone had to take control. When Ranger Smith emerged from the trail, she was crying. I can't believe the way he's treating those kids, she told law enforcement rangers. You guys better do something. They met Chris Carlson at the Bright Angel Trailhead at the end of the 19-mile hike and separated him from the boys. Chris was arrested and taken into custody. The children were fed, rehydrated, and questioned before being placed in the care of Arizona Child Protective Services. Damn. So I don't think the rangers did anything wrong with, like, how long they had to wait to get the kids away from him. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Emergency workers who tended to the boys at the trailhead later reported that they became emotional after hearing the children recount some of Chris's actions. The boys said they were hit and verbally abused. One of them said that when Chris found out, he had accidentally defecated in his pants. Because he's like, what happens to you when you get dehydrated? I poop. You poop. 
and he grabbed him by his genitals and sexually assaulted him. So I don't know if it's like I'm <gasps> sexually assaulting you for like gratification or I'm grabbing you by the dick to humiliate you type of thing. Gross. Yeah. Chris needs to go to jail for a long time. One of the children reportedly told other officers he's a bad man. So the the kids survived, but they didn't have I thought fun. that was going to go a different <clears throat> way. So where's the murder? Will you let me finish my story? Okay. <laughs> the U.S. government charged Chris Carlson with six counts of criminally neglect child abuse spanning both Grand Canyon visits. The 24-page criminal complaint outlined the government's case was based in part on interviews with his grandsons. In the document, the feds alleged that Chris shoved his, shoved his eldest grandson 13 times, whipped him with a rolled-up t-shirt, pushed him to the ground, grabbed him by the back of the neck, and called him a motherfucker. At one point during the trip, the boy asked a passerby to call 911. When his middle grandson's leg began to fail on the hike at, out of the canyon, Chris grabbed him by the throat and lifted him off the ground. So this guy has some roid rage problems. Yeah. Chris followed one of his grandsons into an outhouse, pulled the boy's shorts down, and hit him in the back of the head and pushed him into the wall while choking him. He withheld water from the children and kept bre breaks brief, even as temperatures in the canyon during their second hike reportedly reached 108 degrees. That same day, an adult park goer died on a different trail. A medical examiner ruled the cause of death to be hyperthermia and dehydration due to environmental heat exposure. So you can die in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. But that's why it's so much fun. <laughs> I just remember when we were on ours, people would get altitude sickness. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be dizzy. And I think, I remember one or two people. Someone caught an, an amoeba, too, from the water. You're an amoeba. <laughs> That'd come out the other end. As long as it goes up in your mouth and not your nose. Yeah. If it goes up your nose, you got a problem. Oh, God. Because uh, then they get in your brain. Oh, I got enough brain problems. Subsequent court documents indicate the boys were questioned extensively about their observation of Chris possessing and dealing... Meth. Marijuana. Hand oh. Okay. <laughs> handling large amounts of cash and making recent trips to marijuana farms and dispensaries. As one ranger later testified, the children's familiarity with diverse strands of marijuana was abnormal. <laughs> hey, man, is that an indica or is the Tiva blend you got over there? <laughs> Less than a month after she had been, after she had seen them off, Tara Donaher, the boy's mother, found herself sobbing outside of a courthouse in Flagstaff, Arizona, and answering questions from federal investigators. Why had Chris push, pushed her children to potentially deadly levels of exertion on what authorities were describing as a sadistic nine-mile hike? How about her father, a man of limited income, scraped together the money for a summer of trip abroad? Was he using the children to traffic drugs? Tara didn't have any answers for the feds, but she had a question of her own. What the hell happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Chris Carlson was at... Okay, this is a flashback. Chris Carlson was at gunpoint when Bill Brown... When Bill Brown... I'm assuming it's pronounced Brown. Is the E silent? Brownie? Brown? Hmm. First, mm -hmm. he first met him in a patch of some of the most magnificent marijuana Bill had ever seen. Like giant Christmas trees with huge, huge buds, Bill says, of the 2006 encounter. You just don't see Indiana-grown marijuana like that. <laughs> Bill Brown, a conservation officer with the Indiana Department of National Resources, and another officer, Travis Woolley, were babysitting a moonlit bean field in Fayette County in mid-September when the two men appeared and approached the marijuana patch. One of the men was tall and white and the other was short and black. So there's these federal agents, do I say that? Department of Natural Resources. So they're like staking out a, be a bean field where people have planted marijuana plants unbeknownst to the farmers, most likely. Marijuana. <clears throat> marijuana. As the pair tended to the plants, the tall man reached into his shirt, pulled out a vial that hung from his neck, and snorted a white substance that Bill initially believed to be cocaine, but later learned... Crack cocaine. It was some type of herb. <laughs> It's the, it's the herbs, man. man. <laughs> Working with some highly unstable herbs. <laughs> Bill trained his semi-automatic handgun on the tall man's nose. Don't move, he said. I'll but, go get you a towel. But both of the suspects darted off. Bill tracked down the short accomplice. He had a thick accent and said he was from Jamaica. Meanwhile, the tall man sprinted fast enough to escape Travis. The short man was placed under arrest. A bail bondsman and lawyer called to confirm that the short man, Conroy Talbert, was 
a Jamaican. Bill made a few calls of his own, including one to an Indiana State Police colleague to ask if he knew anything about Jamaicans in the area. We were at a house on Banta Road, said the trooper. There were about 1,500 marijuana plants drying in the house, and we found a Jamaican passport. Bill traveled to the south side of Indianapolis, and as it turned out, the home of the tall man from the beanfield, Chris Carlson. Oops. Oops. In his investigation, Bill Brown began to piece together the relationship between Chris and his Jamaican companion. Chris vacationed in Jamaica, he says, into a taxi and told the cabbie he was looking for marijuana seeds. Hey! <laughs> then, as best as Bill could tell, the two men imported the seeds and Jamaica know-how back to Indiana. After the bust, Chris got two felony convictions and a sentence of three years in the Fayette County Jail. Talbert, who says he did did join Carlson to look at the plants but didn't participate in the growing in them. <laughs> I just was there to look at the marijuana. <laughs> I did smoke, but I did not inhale. <laughs> Bobby Ravelli, a deputy in the Fayette County Sheriff's Department, also worked the case, and he, like Bill, was awed by Chris Carlson's marijuana-growing prowess. But he was even more impressed with the discipline of Chris's diet. He was in such phenomenal shape, says Bobby. When he talked about having grandkids, they just shocked me. He didn't look old enough. Partly because of the drug conviction, Chris realized that he has a perception problem, like about how he became a father at 16, how he has five children with five different women, how one of those women is his half-sister of his oldest daughter. Huh? Huh? Let me see. One of the women is the half-sister of his oldest daughter. So are they related? No. 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 Yeah, no. That's still That's so wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How he was not part of his oldest daughter's life until she was 13. How three years later she had her first child, making Chris a grandfather at 32. Okay, so it's all coming together. Yeah. How unfortunate the mother of one of Chris's daughters accused him of molesting their child for a three-year period. The allegations proved to be false, and the mother was ordered to pay Carlson more than $100,000 in damages. And now he left for the trip to the Grand Canyon the day before his fifth child, a son, was to be born. So he was like, fuck this, I got hiking to do. So he was accused of child molestation, but it proved to be untrue. And I think I found those court documents online. But don't get him wrong. He isn't apologizing for the marijuana or the women or the children. And he's not looking for sympathy. I'm not asking anyone to mollycoddle me, he says. Just like I didn't want to be mollycoddled. My grandchildren on the day what? in the Grand Canyon. I've never heard of Molly Coddled. Uh, you've yeah. never been Molly, co Molly Coddled before? <laughs> no. I never. No. I don't think I want to. <laughs> Sounds weird. Uh, Damon Carlson, 48, is Chris's older brother. The Carlson boys grew up in Indianapolis but bounced between their parents who divorced when Damon and Chris were very young. Their father left to start a new family. He married two times. Their mother was married numerous times. For a while, just because before they entered their teenage years, the boys were split up. While Damon stayed in Indianapolis with his father, Chris and his mother went to North, Car North California in the late 1970s. Chris and his mother saw the Grand Canyon, his first visit, but cut their hike short before they could reach bum, bum, the bum. river, the Colorado River. The boys' accounts of their hike made for a lurid tale, but 99.9% .9 isn't true or got twisted or blown out of proportion, he says. He thinks things developed when the National Park office officials separated him from the boys and started asking them questions. They're coming off this real exotic, almost dreamy summer, and the stage was set for some imaginative storytelling, he says. A lot of what they said was true, but they certainly embellished. It's like he's saying they lied. So you did beat the shit out of him, but just not that bad? No, yeah. I when I grabbed him, I didn't begin to jerk him off. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> so Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Did his oldest grandson really ask for the other for, ask for help from the other hikers? A year later, Chris still isn't sure. Chris claims that his grandson's testimony at trial differed from their initial statements to park officials. One of them reportedly said he had an awesome time on the trip with his grandfather. <laughs> Another wrote a letter to the judge in Chris's case. Dear judge, I would like Papa to be in jail for only one more month, he wrote. It would be nice if you could let that happen. Papa. Papa. Why the discrepancy? Tara Donner says the boys, the boys' mother believed the children were coached and coerced by rangers, EMT, child welfare workers, and prosecutors. So all of it's a big conspiracy, and all of those people coerced all three boys to say the same thing to make yes. it worse than what it. And I was like, no, nah, that's not. <laughs> no, no, they just I'm sorry. To put him in jail because he was too cool. Too he good was looking. too goddamn fit. 
That's what it is. They're jealous. Basically, she says, my kids were kidnapped. But doesn't offer to explain, like, who kidnapped them. Uh, the, a theory for the conspiracy. Okay. But says that if there really was abuse and the children were truly in mortal danger, the authorities should have intervened even sooner. And it's like, you don't understand how the high, like, they couldn't intervene sooner because he was a threat. So let me tell you how it's still Mm -hmm. someone else's fault. Yep. He wouldn't have done all those things if they had just intervened sooner. Yeah. Duh. 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 After a three-day trial last February, a jury found Chris Carlson guilty of the charges stemming from the second Grand Canyon visit, but not the first. The federal prosecutor didn't pursue the drug angle in court, though the boys had told staffers at Flagstaff Children's Center that they spied on their grandfather in Mexico and California and believed he was involved in drug transactions. Additionally, a search of Chris's van netted 3000 in cash kept in a plastic bag and hidden near the center console. Where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, that? That's my $9 an hour job fund money. <laughs> Chris says the notion that he was using his grandchildren as drug mules, as investigators suspected, is flat ridiculous. I might beat and molest and humiliate them, but I would never ask them to do anything illegal. Yeah, that'd be wrong. Morally wrong. Yes, before a fishing trip, they picked up a friend who worked at a medical marijuana farm in California. Yes, of course, they saw all kinds of medical marijuana dispensaries. Venice Beach is lousy with them, and in Jamaica, they're a lot more laid back than they are here in the United States. Besides, what 8, 9, or 12-year-old doesn't know about marijuana? Uh, I gotta say, I when I was I 8 or 9 or 12, no. No, I didn't. It's on the cover of Time Magazine and all over ESPN, Chris says. So, drug mules? No. Hell no. Besides, Chris says he quit getting high 8 years ago after he was arrested. He says, and since then, he focuses... His focus has been exclusively on his children and grandchildren. God bless this man. Not to mention, why are they trying to smear him? Do it just ruin his reputation? In April of 2012, Tara was a guest on the Dr. Phil show. Chris, wearing an orange jumpsuit, made an appearance from prison via satellite. She defended her father, but said her first allegiance was to her children. Oh well, that's that's Christ-like of her. Mm -hmm. She told Dr. Phil that the children had been placed in foster care after the trip. And that she had limited visitation privileges. That ain't my first rodeo, Dr. Phil told Tara. He always says that. These children need to be with their mother. So the boys were back in custody as of August 2012. And that probably does suck that your kids get taken. They were just on a trip with your dad and then something happens. They get put into the foster system in Arizona. Yeah. And not released back to you sooner than, I mean, I don't know why it is like that. Uh, federal investigators also looked into Chris's ties to Jamaica. The son, who was living there with his friend, a boy the government called a missing child who had never been reported missing, was deported and returned to the United States. The one he just, like, left in Jamaica to get a good I'm education. I'm truly not understanding that. I know! The boy is the subject of a child in need service case in the Indiana Juvenile Court. The specific details are not a matter of public record, though Chris says he is fighting to have the boy placed back with family. So does he mean family, friends in Jamaica, or? The special agent in charge of the investigation received a victim service award from the Department of Interior for his work on the case. So this probably was a big deal to get this kid back. He probably had to jump through a lot of hoops and go through a lot of extra effort, and that's probably why he got an award. At his June sentencing in Phoenix, Chris... chatted into his lawyer's ear throughout the two-hour proceeding and frequently interrupted U.S. District Judge Frederick Martin. No one from his family attended. You don't say. (laughs) Before handing down the sentence, the judge addressed Chris. I think any grandfather would be proud to have any one of them. He said, it's amazing by they walked into the courtroom and testified about such difficult things with both earnest and sincerity and on occasion good humor. So whatever we do here today, you should take that to the bank that you've got three great grandkids. If you had anything to do with that, you should be proud. Okay, thank you, Judge. Okay. Thank you, Judge. The judge sentenced Chris Carlson to a whopping 27 months, the minimum term that could have been imposed. I think the max could have been like 17 years. Hmm. Martin also ordered he undergo psychological evaluation and parenting classes. Following his incarceration, Chris is to have one year of supervised release, during which he has is have to no contact with his grandsons. Before the federal marshals led Chris away, he turned to address the court. I'm sorry for this whole mess, he said. I think he got let out like two months later because he got time served. 
Chris Carlson wants you to know he's a good person and that he's a lot like you, struggling to do what's right, juggling life as a parent and grandfather. He's figuring it all out on the fly, trying to build a skill set however he can. It's a hodgepodge, he says. Some weird words. He does. I get ideas from everywhere, from Scooby-Doo, from Jamaica, from my mother. I don't think I've ever learned a bit from everywhere, from school, from church, learning how to love from the Grateful Dead. It's a mesh of everything. Parenting skills. I'm learning. Who is this guy? I don't know. He's a late bloomer. Yeah. Chris is keenly aware that his oldest grandson isn't much older than he was when he became a father at 16. I'm not trying to pin myself down and be an old man. The oldest grandson is getting big. I look to the future. I'm someone who plans ahead. In two or three years, this guy might be able to knock me down on my ass. I want to be looked at with respect as an elder, but also I don't want to be out of the click, man. (laughs) These guys are listening to Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, and Snoop Dogg, and Nicki Minaj. And on one hand, they're being taught how to use guns and drugs. They're going to be confronted with all of that stuff. On the other hand, hand, I like some of the stuff that they're saying. It's cool to be hip and with the times. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't want to be dated in a dinosaur out with the kids as a grandparent. I look at myself as both a friend and a guide. God bless him. Man, it's cool to be hip with the kids, man. Who is this guy? What is the youth? The youth. What are they listening to? Youths. These days. Yep. He makes he makes it sound like he was busted because they all came over and he let them try weed yeah, or that's something. What, yeah. And or they're like, still way too young. Or they were traveling but, across the country. He got a speeding ticket and there happened to be pot in the car. And it's like. He's like, well, this is for me. This is yeah. for my glaucoma. <laughs> and then the, thir- the 13-year-old sitting there going, I got glaucoma <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Your dog got glaucoma. <laughs> So it's, yeah, he making it sound like we I got bust. I was doing a bad. I was doing me a bad. My bad. But, you know, it wasn't a big deal. And I was like, yeah, it kind of was a big deal. <laughs> and the desire to be not just a grandfather, but also one of the guys, he said, helps explain what really happened on the Bright Angel Trail. Wow. Da-da-dun-dun-dun. Da-da-dun-dun-dun. Almost done. We're giving each other a little. I can't think of a polite way to say this. Breaking each other's bowls. You're breaking my booze. <laughs> but I mean, me and friends call each other bitch ass, come on pussy, stuff like that. Excuse me? Yep. We give each <laughs> other a hard time when we're working out, when you're pushing each other. So there's some of that. Look, these kids aren't little puff cream pies. Puff cream pies. Not cream puff pies. <laughs> They're throwing rocks down the hill. They're smacking each other. If you let the oldest smack around the middle or the youngest, he's going to think it's okay to push them around and think he can get away with it. But one day, he's going to catch up with him. Number one and number two, he shouldn't be doing that. He needs to answer to an authority. Uh, This guy talks in circles. Yeah. Carlson said he's still learning how to handle male children of his grandson's age. The oldest boy, he says, was a 13-year-old mind, but a 30-year-old's body. He's almost six foot tall and 150 pounds. I can't very well put him on my lap, and he's hard to Six hug. Six foot tall, 150 pounds. That's what a, that's what a 30-year-old looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one with an eating disorder. <laughs> His mind might need that, but it's tough. I guess I have a macho-phobia of that sort of thing. I don't know if you have ever spanked your child and felt bad about it, he says. I don't know if you felt like you were being too harsh. That's how I feel, like I was being too harsh. Too harsh, but I didn't commit a crime. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Absolutely for sure. I've never let any harm come to either my children. Or grandchildren. I love them. I mean, I punch them sometimes, but I love Love them. them. Okay. You asked about the murder. January 8th, 2016. Police have identified the victim found shot Friday in an alley east of Primrose Avenue on the north side as 50-year-old Christopher Carlson of Indianapolis. Oops. Officers were called to the alley just north of the state fairgrounds on a report of a person shot, police say. Indianapolis Metro Police Department officers arrived in the alley east of the 4800 block of Primrose Avenue about 6.30 p.m. and Friday and found a man with multiple gunshot wounds. Emergency medical personnel pronounced him dead on the scene. Police found two small children whom investigators think are the victim's kids unharmed in the area shortly after the shooting. In a release sent by the... Department officials say the children are being cared for by the department's victim assistance unit. It was unclear whether the children were there when the man was shot. Hmm. And I couldn't figure out if it was ever solved. Wow. It was like the fourth shooting in a week. So it was like a big in Indiana. 
in 2016. So it was like they were the fourth in. It was like a really deadly week of just random ass shootings. That's so nice. I kept looking. That's I even, nice, dear. <laughs> That's nice. It's like when my I called my mom to tell her that a house had exploded in your neighborhood. That's oh, nice, that's, honey. That's awful. Oh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. she's calling me going, oh, fuck. <laughs> when you oh, said a house exploded, you, you literally meant a house exploded. Yeah, I do. I mean it. She's like, you just weren't talking about you farted somewhere. Ha ha. Ha ha. So I, I went on IN.gov. There are cold cases unsolved in that county trying to figure it out, and I couldn't find his name, so maybe they've solved it. But I couldn't find anything that says who was convicted or what it was about. Hmm. So it might have just been a run by shooting. It was a run by They fruiting. didn't drive by, they ran by. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I can go back to jail. Isn't that a wild story? It was a wild story in the wild, wild west. I didn't write any of it, but I read it to you. Indianapolis Monthly. Michael something something. Oh, we did it. We, we did, did it. it. Time for a Colts game. Colts, Colts, who do they play? Kansas City. Yo mama. And Darius mama. Leonard is not playing tonight, so that's a bummer. But I think T.Y. Hilton is. T.Y. T.Y. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll find pictures from the Rocky Mountains in the Rocky Mountain High. We'll find pictures. Rocky Mountain High. Because I want to see. I can't think of any of your photos. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> I've yeah, seen them. Good. There's there's Carla next to a mule, and it clearly has an erection. Clearly. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, well, tell them where to find us. Oh, can I bite the blinds, <laughs> mother? May I bite the blinds? <laughs> <laughs> no, you may not. <laughs> Okay, don't worry. Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Who's Your Homicide. Like us on Facebook. We're on all the podcast sites. That's pretty much it. Who cares? That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. No hiking. No hiking. Stay out of the.